1: I'm hoping the Big Ten has to modify their system for us.
2: <laughs> it's probably, like getting great ten sandpaper rubbed on your face every day.
1: I mean, we say it all the time. Whether you know, there's two types of turds: you're a sinker or you're a floater, but you're still a turd, right? I mean,
2: um, we're we're we are about players and players playing the plays, and not necessarily the plays.
0: Welcome to the Varsity Club Podcast. My name is Derek Peterson. We're brought to you this week by Union Bank and Trust, and I am joined by our Dublin duo. Hill Varsity's managing editor, Brandon Vogel, and deputy editor, Aaron Sorensen. Hello to the both of you. How are you? How was the flight? And are you ready to go to sleep yet? (laughs) Aaron, do you want to go first?
3: Uh I, I've been here for several days now. I came early, so at this point, the only reason that I would want to go to sleep is because everybody is scheduling meetings with us. And I'm not just talking about this podcast, by the way. I'm talking like across the board. Everything has to happen pretty much after eight PM our time. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was gonna ask, what time is it there right now? It's it's three o'clock my time, stateside as I'm recording this.
3: It's nine. 9 yep. Gross. What time? What time?
0: Local time is the game kicking off on Saturday. Five thirty. Five thirty. Yep. Okay.
3: Sorry, Brandon. I'm just gonna. You can answer the questions while I figure out what's happening with all of the cords that I'm just pulling out of my bag at the moment. Welcome
0: to college football, Irish uh, folks. You get Nebraska and Northwestern in primetime. I was joking with somebody the other day. I was like, why couldn't we send Notre Dame and Ohio State? to ireland for a showcase game if we're gonna have a showcase game this feels like a rude game to send over to the irish and maybe this is why people in england and the uk area don't really like us all that much is because we're giving them games like this to showcase american football and not to say that i don't think that this nebraska northwestern game um is a is like a poor showcase of football but i feel like this game is going to be is going to be one of either two likely outcomes It's going to be an ugly game between two teams who were bad last year and are not going to be playing as efficiently as they will be later in the season. Or it's going to be an absolute blowout and Nebraska just runs all over Northwestern and it's not a very compelling game.
3: I just want to point out really quick, though it's really important that I make a note that Notre Dame is playing this game in Ireland one year from now. They're the 2023 game against Navy. So
0: Against Navy.
3: Against the, their true rival Navy,
1: which will be the third time it has played Navy in Ireland. It played, I have it right here. It played Notre Dame and Navy played in nineteen ninety six, two thousand twelve. Notre Dame played Navy here, which is notable for Nebraska because that two thousand twelve Navy team or Notre Dame team does that jump out at anyone for any specific reason?
3: Is it Monte Teo?
1: Any specific Netflix related reason? Yes, that. But, that. but also that was an unranked Notre Dame team.
3: Bob Diaco.
1: <clears throat> Bob Diaco was involved. Unranked Notre Dame. Beat Navy. A nine and three, nine and four Navy team, fifty to ten, and went undefeated and played in the national championship game. And I'm not sure how that game went against Alabama.
0: I'm sure it went fine.
3: I, so, I love how like my brain went to Monte Teo because of Netflix and the second you just kept going, I was like yeah. Bob Diaco. The strain. The strain. Yeah, you you see strain. it.
0: There's some strain, but you got there. So what I'm hearing from you, Brandon, is that this is the launch pad for Nebraska to go unbeaten and go to a national championship game.
1: If they put up 50 points, if it's 50 to 10 tomorrow, I will definitely be drawing that
0: comparison in my column. So the over-under for this game is at 50 and a half total. 50 and a half. Nebraska is favored by 14 points. Nebraska has won a game against Power 5 competition under Scott Frost four times by 14 points or more. Those four games were 2018 Minnesota, 2018 Illinois, 2019 Maryland, and 2021 Northwestern. And I'm just counting power five opponents, not, you know, the non- you know, the G5, the FCS teams that they have played 38 power five games, four wins by 14 points or more. This line opened at 12 and a half consensus right now with SportBooks Is it like 13 and a half? I see that Caesars has it at 14. It was at 13 a day ago. So it's moving further toward Nebraska. Um, 14 feels like a big number for Nebraska. Brandon, if you, if I asked you to bet on this game, would you take the Huskers to cover that spread or would you be betting on Northwestern?
1: um i i i wouldn't i wouldn't love it either way it wouldn't be something i'm jumping at jumping to do but I would probably take the uh i would probably take nebraska to cover i imagine you're getting a little bit of plus money that way though maybe maybe not I would do it because i think in twenty twenty two Nebraska has a better offense than northwestern, which most teams probably will. I think it'll have a better defense than Northwestern, which is probably a bigger deal. And both teams were atrocious atrocious in terms of special teams last season. So even if they're both a little bit better, maybe that's a wash. So given that, I, I would take Nebraska. The thing that makes me most nervous is just the week zero foreign country. It could be real sloppy, real ugly. Weather's supposed to be good, so that that helps if you're looking to you, – uh, to play a cover or the overs in this which I think you got to play those two in tandem
0: yeah money line is is Nebraska minus 550 for this game right now according to Caesars um, Aaron what's the field look like you guys have been out to the stadium what I mean what just like in terms of quality of pitch quality of stadium quality of area like what does it look like
3: it's It's beautiful. It's pristine. It actually makes my like heart hurt for them. I mean, they know what they're doing. They've done this before, but um, I understand that uh, true football players and rugby players wear cleats. So it's not like the first time this, this pitch will have ever seen cleats on it. It's not that, but it's not common for a football slash soccer game. I should say for uh, those in the United States to see 300-plus-pound individuals in cleats running on its field. It's beautiful, but it is going to get beat up, and it's going to have a lot of divots in it, and it's going to look sad by the time
0: this, this game this is, is over. Look like, this is going to look like Ryan Field in 2018.
3: Yes. Northwestern will be right at home. Uh, no, but it is, it is a beautiful stadium. It's really easy to get around. It's very accessible. Um, the prices on concessions are wonderful. You can, I think I was, I was reading the board. I think it's like, you can get a pint and a hot dog for like $13. It's, it's pretty good and I might even be overstating that. Like, I think it's, it's all like compared to United States pricing. It's like, Oh, this is pretty nice. Um, but overall it's a really impressive field. And I don't know, Brandon, if you feel this way, but like knowing it holds a capacity of about like 52,000, it feels larger to me. It just does. It feels big, like not huge. It's not Ohio state, but like, it feels large.
1: Yeah, the, the, the pitch, the playing surface itself is is much wider than uh, American football field. Like, I was kind of shocked when they were putting down the sidelines. It was like, oh, it's that far in? Um, it was. This is a UEFA Category 4 stadium, Derek, which means they can host UEFA Champions League, mag- no, Champions League matches. The only one in Ireland. So, it... Uh, it's at a pretty high standard uh coming from the soccer side of things and obviously uh, Ireland's national rugby team is is a big big deal uh, and this is their full-time home so it's it's pretty cool and it's it's in a neighborhood which I love whenever that's the case with a stadium like Fenway park like Wrigley this i mean there are houses shockingly close to the north end of this stadium which is why it dips down a little bit uh it was kind of a, a little bit of a I don't know if battle's the right word, but there were some concerns about like blocking out light for these people who live probably 50
0: yards, 50 meters uh, away. Before we move on to the next topic, I wanna take a second and thank my sponsor, FSC Edge. FSC Edge integrates AI technologies, case management tools and augmented operators to optimally process patent documents quickly and accurately. FSC Edge supports some of the world's largest patent offices, including the European Patent Office, the German Patent and Trademark Office, and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Hey, that seems like a pretty big deal. The team over at FSC Edge is always looking for new members to come on board. You won't be on the phone all day. You won't be customer-facing, which means no stuffy suits and ties. That's nice. You will be doing impactful work on a national scale and learning about patents. Folks who've worked with FSC Edge have all come away saying the same kinds of things. Affable, inviting, accepting, welcoming, easy to work with. Check out available jobs today by going to jobs at fsc.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge, or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables.
1: Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need
0: Indeed. There was uh, quite a bit made about the box setup for coaches. Stateside, they're sitting at the 50 yard line. It doesn't sound like that is going to be the case here. They're down closer to, did Chenander say it was closer to the 10? Like, do you think that has any kind of impact? It's
3: it's like even past the end zone. Like honestly, they're kind of like, they're kind of in, they're truly in the corner. Like if you're thinking like kind of a, if you think of the stadium as sort of like an oval, they're in the corner of one of those ovals. So like, I would say it's even past the ten based on where I was kind of looking at.
1: Yeah, it might be inside the ten. I'll point to it because Aaron and I keep pointing to it when we're in the stadium and it's off screen.
3: it's over there.
1: It's really not very far away. We're very close to the the stadium where we're staying. Um, I think I think it will be for Shenander. Frost was asked about it on Thursday. Um, about what they're gonna do offensively. And he was like, oh, we're still figuring out who even's gonna be up there. Cause Whipple will be calling the game from the sidelines. And it, it, it kind of sounded to me like they'll have some of their analysts uh will be the people uh, the eyes in the sky for the offense. It will be interesting. That'll be an interesting piece of this. <laughs> Frost also said today he, you know, he he was asked about, okay, well what are you gonna do? And you know, he's been consistent with this saying, you know, it's gonna be weird for me. Not being like the play caller offensively. So I'll be interested to see, to hear what he thinks about that once the game is
3: over. Can I just also point out something he said. So when people are listening to this, whatever, he spoke on Thursday, um, he said something about, essentially one of the things that he was talking about, like to what Brandon was saying about it being strange. Not calling, but he also said something that I've talked about. Derek, we talked about on your pod, like on this podcast previously, and I remember people were critical of this line of thinking is how Nebraska reacts when things potentially go wrong. Frost talked about that today. He basically said that is something that he is particularly curious about with his own team and will have the ability to take a better glance at being in the role that he's in right now without um, local flavor. I love it. It's great. Um, knowing that he is not going to be the one focused on play calling. He is the one that now is going to be in that CEO role, looking at everything, defense, special teams, all of it for him. It's a big thing where it's like when things start To get tough how does his team respond and i thought that was really interesting hearing it from him because i remember a lot of people were super like you're being negative you're being negative but it was like this is not just something i'm curious about he he himself as the ceo of this team is also saying i'm curious how my team is going to respond so i digress i just thought that was interesting that he brought it up
0: well there's gonna there's been a bunch of times throughout the first the first few years of his tenure where we've asked him after games Hey, you know, what happened here on this special teams player? What happened here with the defense? And the response has been to, to, to some effect I was getting the offense ready for its next drive. I don't know. I can't answer that question. Now he's going to be able to answer that question because presumably he's going to be involved in discussions with the defense about the previous drive or a mistake or talking about a special teams thing. Like I'll be curious to see how he sort of approaches. Um, that more like helicopter coach role where he can kind of bounce around and do various things as needed on the sideline, instead of just always focusing on getting the play sheet ready, getting the next drive ready, getting whatever ready for the offense. Um, Brandon, you raised your hand for a second. Was that you wanting to say something or was that you waving hi to people walking by?
1: Yeah, yeah, that was more local flavor. Uh, we are at the same hotel as Nebraska's sports information staff. So Husker, Husker radio network host, Greg Sharp, just walked by, waved to him, and then, Keith Mann uh, also came by, so waved to him. We've we've seen a lot of each other over the past two days.
3: Yeah, they came back when I was doing a radio show earlier this week, and I was being asked, you know, questions about uh, similar to what we were doing now, and I was just like trying to like (laughs) block myself, like please don't (laughs) don't listen.
0: What's the um what's the crowd been like so far? I mean, have you seen a bunch of Nebraska fans? Have you seen more Northwestern fans? Like what are you expecting the the environment to look like on Saturday?
1: I would say in the wild certainly more uh Nebraska fans just kind of naturally like walking around the city itself. That said, Northwestern practiced on Thursday before Nebraska and invited all of the players' family or friends who are in town and there are quite a few Northwestern fans there, but I think it'll be majority red on, on Saturday for sure.
0: It doesn't surprise me at all. Somebody that lives in Chicago and never hears about Northwestern, even a little bit.
3: Look, the entire stadium has Chicago's big 10 team everywhere in it because this is technically a Northwestern home game. So the banners across like throughout the entire stadium say Northwestern Chicago's big 10 team.
0: They're just trying to speak it into existence because nobody
3: cares.
0: (laughs) The the best part of uh, I think Northwestern's football existence in this area is the practice facility over on the beachfront that you can point to and say, that's super cool. That's our thing. Um, The other thing that I don't think a ton of people care about is who's going to be playing quarterback for Northwestern because the options aren't great. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald you know, again, recording this Thursday afternoon, um, local time, central time, maybe he's announced a starting quarterback by the time you listen to this. Um, it sounds like he wants to take it right up to the end. Didn't want to share when he was asked about it earlier this week. He's got Ryan Halinski and he's got Brendan Sullivan battling for the job. The <laughs> Hunter Johnson experience is over mercifully. Um uh, Brandon, either of these two quarterbacks. Nebraska says it's preparing for surprises. It could see both quarterbacks. It could see one or the other. I don't feel like either of these quarterbacks particularly strike fear into Nebraska, specifically defensively. Um, I guess what's your take on Northwestern's quarterback situation? Do they even have the horses to hang with a Nebraska offense like this?
1: Uh, That's, that's the big question. And if it's on a quarterback to do that, I think that's a problem. They've got the running backs to do it. And, you know, for the past three seasons, like, I have a ton of respect for Northwestern. I'm not trying to rip on them, but they've legitimately had one of the worst passing offenses in the country for a Power 5 team. Like, it's just, they don't have players that scare you at wide receiver. I don't, in looking at the roster now, I don't think there's one of those you can point to and say, well, that guy does. Um, maybe they have those guys and we just haven't, you know. They haven't they're young enough that they're just getting up and running in the program now, but that would be a big surprise. I'd be surprised if Holinski doesn't end up getting the start. You know, Pat Fitzgerald, it's been strange. I've been monitoring it since they started fall camp, the same time basically Nebraska did. He did a like opening press conference, and he, that first week he did one his regular Monday press conference leading into this game, and that's all I've seen. Like that's all that's on Northwestern, Northwestern football's page is like here that there's just a handful of media appearances that they've done. So it's been pretty opaque around the Wildcats in terms of any of those questions that people like us who don't even cover them full time can kind of look at and say, well, what's happening here? What's happening here? There just hasn't been (laughs) there haven't been many answers to that.
0: Aaron, I want to ask you about Garrett Nelson. So you get a chance to talk to him. And uh, and be around him quite a bit over the summer, over the off season. Um, I saw the video that was shared from Hillbarc's Twitter account that a lot of people resonated with because you can hear Garrett Nelson during what is it the, like the, the breakdown, the team claps section, saying mm-hmm. in two days the world's going to know how we fought. In two days the world's going to know how we hit. In two days the world's about to know what Nebraska football is all about as I am looking for reasons not to bet on this game, I find myself hearing Garrett Nelson talk and telling myself the last four years didn't happen. It doesn't matter. Nebraska is about to absolutely steamroll uh, Northwestern because have they had a guy, I mean, have they had a guy, like, I don't think this is hyperbole. Have they had a guy like this in a vocal leadership role in, in, I mean, when was the last time they had a guy like this? Like, they've had some some homegrown local Nebraska kids who were good players for them. But, like, the expectation is that Garrett Nelson is going to be an all-conference guy. I mean, when was the last time they had a player like this? Because it, you have to go back pretty far, right?
3: Yeah, obviously uh, he was not born in Nebraska, but a lot of people have pointed toward uh, Christian Peter and kind of how he was for for nebraska same thing i'm trying to think of like a because even you know grant wistrom he was from missouri so i'm trying to think of like a homegrown in-state leader that you could point to in the same way and i think i think it's rare that you find somebody who is as talented and good as garrett is that is also the type of leader that garrett is because he is and i I, here's the thing there's a reason for years like for the last you know multiple years now frost has said if you could have a team of garrett's that would be the best thing on the planet because yes i think any football coach if they could have an entire team of garrett nelson's would know i'm gonna get the absolute best out of every single one of my players on this roster. You know when Garrett steps into the weight room, when he steps onto the practice field, when he steps into a game, he is giving it everything he has and then more. He is like completely invested, not just in himself getting better, but in getting the people around him to be better, to get his team to be better obviously he's only one person. So that's the part where you have to kind of temper those expectations because Garrett Nelson can be an incredibly special player. He is likely not going to return after this year. If he returns after this year because the NFL for some reason isn't knocking on his door, I would be completely surprised. He can be an incredibly special player with a very special season that stands separate from anything Nebraska does. However, he is the kind of person that doesn't want that to be his reality. He wants to take everyone along with him. So I don't know. I think he's kind of one of those people that, like, if you are a Nebraska fan, I would honestly step back and maybe, no matter what ends up happening this season, appreciate what you are witnessing with someone like Garrett Nelson because they don't come around that often, because I'm sitting here even thinking in recent years, like Endomic and Sue, one of the greatest players that come through Nebraska, but he wasn't the type of vocal leader that Garrett is. He was, he was loud, but like Garrett is just something different and it's almost hard to quantify exactly what that is, but you're definitely getting to witness sort of just a special player in that moment. And you hope that their season as a team matches his trajectory, but I think he's going to be pretty spectacular no matter. I think he independently will be spectacular aside from whatever Nebraska does.
0: Not to, you know, it's funny because you bring up Indomitian Sue, and my brain immediately says I would, I would take Indomitian Sue production over Garrett Nelson vocal ability. Um, yeah. But then I'm I'm also looking at, and not again not to compare the two because Dominic and Sue should have won the Heisman. You can't say that about many defenders. Um, I'm looking. I'm just looking at Dublin Dispatch number two story by Brandon Vogel, and I'm looking at the header image selected for this story. And just looking, I mean, he looks like the way you expect a black shirt Nebraska defender to look. And it just looks a little. You know, he's screaming at the defense. He just looks a little bit different than than some of the defenders that we've seen in years past. And, and, you know, a lot of folks think that Garrett Nelson can be an all-conference guy. A lot of people, a lot of preseason publications have Nebraska's linebacker group, edge rusher group, ranked among, you know, top 25 in the country. I believe they're top 25 in Phil Steele. They're certainly, um, in uh, Brett Siancia's pick six previews preview, they're one of the better linebacker units in the Big Ten. Um, And Garrett Nelson plays a big part of that. Brennan?
3: Yeah, I just really quick, I just have to add this. When we did the story on the yearbook, and I, this is something that I will like kind of remember this moment for a while, and it's hard to probably put, put a moment into words, but we were sitting outside of Memorial Stadium just talking. And Watching Garrett talk about his trajectory to now and how he hasn't accomplished what he feels he's capable of and how he feels he's running out of time to accomplish that and how he did not expect to be on any watch list because he doesn't believe he's earned it. Watching him kind of like come to that place where he's like, this is it. I have so much to give and I haven't even tapped my potential yet. You kind of just have this moment of like, I don't know what this season holds for him, but if Garrett can, if Garrett can even like work half as hard to make what he wants to make happen, happen for himself, he's going to do some great things. Now, like you said, he might not be like in and Sue type for. production numbers but i think he is an all-around very like strong player and he he's got a lot of want for it and i think people recognize that and see it and i i think i will remember that moment of watching him kind of stare at the stadium of this like wistfulness of like i have so much more and you just kind of like don't know what that's gonna look like but you sure you sure know he wants it
0: and the thing with with Garrett that we all kind of sense is that the the passion for Nebraska specifically is so much so that he's going to, you know, if given the opportunity, he's going to drag his teammates along with him and try to make every single one of them um, better. So it's natural to see him in the the that leadership role it can't break down um, here in the black shirt this week. I want to transition and ask you guys about the black shirt announcements here in a black shirt, along with eight other guys. Um, those players include Caleb Tanner, Ty Robinson, Marquise Buford, Quentin Newsom, Luke Reimer, Nick Henrich, Miles Farmer, and Colton Feast. Were there any surprises, Brandon, we'll start with you, surprises in the sense that somebody got one that you weren't expecting to get one or somebody did not get one and you were a little bit taken back by that?
1: Yeah, I think the <clears throat> the biggest one was maybe – Buford, but he was somebody who was trending really well in the spring, uh, pretty similar to to Colton Feast. But I feel like, given the need uh, at defensive line, given from what we've heard from the coaches about Feast being a guy who could have played last year and then got dinged up, um, wasn't totally surprised by that one. Although that was probably the second most Buford, you know, had to get one at this stage against a slew of other defensive back contenders including a couple of guys who I like at safety in um, in singleton and Omar Brown so and that I think you'll see those guys play as well. so for him to get one at this stage tells me they're they're pretty pretty high on on where he's at and then the fact that we knew you know for guys who haven't played a game yet at Nebraska, even if they start on Saturday, they're kind of exempt for this. the fact that there were those two spots left open, I think tells you uh, where Nebraska is probably going to go at that other quarterback spot uh, and someone else on the defensive line. Though I'm not exactly sure how that one shakes out because there's a lot of new options up there, uh, depending on how they line up.
0: The, the remaining two would be Tommy Hill and O'Shawn Mathis, right? Those would be the favorites.
1: Yeah, probably unless one of those transfer interior defensive linemen has impressed enough um and you know and that would be a case of like well we didn't put Oshon mathis didn't start he came in on the second play uh but it was just a matter of like how they lined up or something like that but yeah i think those are the two primary
0: options aaron would you agree with that or is anybody else that shocked you
3: no colton feast was the one where i think we all kind of were like oh that's not what we were expecting but really exciting for him a lot of you know his teammates were really excited so i I agree with brandon's assessment now because i feel awful because i don't mean to like dash on your podcast but i want you both to continue talking i have to go talk to a class because see here's the thing everything all of my evenings right now between like 9 and 11 p.m are meetings (laughs) it's so strange
0: (laughs) okay well you can dip out have fun thanks for joining the podcast
3: oh thank you i just i want to stay i also need a glass of water um but it's fine i'm gonna just stay put
0: are there glasses of water there or is it just guinness everywhere
3: yeah. <laughs> right. It's just pretty much like you asked for a glass of water. Like, why, why do you need that? Exactly. So, oh my gosh. Well, no, keep, keep picking Brandon's brain. Cause he's the genius here. So I'm just going to go bestow wisdom on a class of students.
2: Okay. Have fun. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom
0: Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Before we move on, I just want to take a second and thank our sponsor for the week, our friends at Charlie Hustle. Charlie Hustle is on the road for eight weeks for the College Road Show, and the next stop is Lincoln, Nebraska. That's right, Husker fans. Charlie Hustle will be showing some love to our Huskers all week with a massive campus capsule launching this Friday, August twenty sixth. Follow along with the Road Show through their social channels. It's at Charlie I E Hustle Co. Go shop the drop on Friday. At charliehustle.com. I need companies to stop dropping like must cop college apparel because I want to buy all of it. Like their drop a week ago with Kansas State has a deuce is loose t shirt. And I don't even, I have zero reason to get anything Kansas State related. And I want the shirt. It's awesome. Who's seen the Nebraska collection? I'm sure you're going to love it just as much as I do, just as much as we do. So let's show Charlie Hustle what the Husker Pride is all about. Go to charliehustle.com Friday. Get some new gear. Brandon, um, the, the next question that I was going to ask was, so Nebraska has North Dakota on September 3rd. Um, you know, Naturally, teams in the, in the first couple weeks of the season, they want to try to get new players onto the field, experiment with different alignments, experiment with different personnel groupings. Do you expect to see a ton of that on this upcoming Saturday against Northwestern, or do you think that's all going to be reserved for the following week against North Dakota?
1: Um I think it'll be reserved for the following week against North Dakota. You know, Mark Whipple has kind of been the most consistent with this. Though, I mean, it's it's a pretty pa- apparent thing, and I'm sure all the coaches are on the same spot. Like, no matter where it's at, uh, opening with the league game kind of ups the importance of this one, right? And, you know, Whipple has said over multiple interviews now, talking about the need for the quarterbacks to be smart particularly early in this game particularly because it's a conference game um and i think there's some truth to that so i would expect nebraska to come out and like it has the benefit because of so much change new quarterback you know some new wide receivers plenty of running back options to sort through like it has the quote unquote mystery edge over northwestern just naturally so i think they can come out and hopefully if they have early success from the coach's standpoint, just run what they're planning to run for the most part and not have to get too, too cute with it. Um, And I think they've got a shot to do that. You know, the North Dakota one kind of lingers and Nebraska should they win this game. It'll be, that'll be the primary storyline all next week is like, well, how do you come back from this? And I mean, it is, they're leaving like as soon after the game as they can, similar to how they would do if they were playing in Iowa city. Um, which you think about having played a football game and getting on a six-hour flight, seven-hour flight. uh, That'll be interesting. But got to win this one for that one to be a major concern.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be – I mean, all the – I think it was Luke it was either Luke Weimer or Nick Henrich that said this week he was asked about the the time difference, the jet lag, sort of getting your bodies adjusted to a different clock. And he was like, Well, Northwestern has to do it too. The flip side to that is well, they gotta do it again when they come back. And they gotta kind of get re-acclimated to before, um, to get ready for North Dakota and it's on a short week. Um, let's let's wrap this up with this. Give me two or three keys to this game that you're looking for. I'm going to, I'm going to borrow a little bit from the ID preview podcast, which is, is, the new episode is published. It's Brandon's podcast. Everybody needs to make sure that they're subscribed to it. Go listen to it, pull it up for you. are not going to be driving to the game, but when you're getting ready for the game, maybe you are driving to the game. I don't know when you're getting ready for the game, make sure you're listening to it. So Brandon, you can just read for paid him off of what you had for your preview podcast, or you can, you can go a little bit off script two or three things, keys that you're looking for in this game.
1: Yeah, so uh, I think the biggest one, the like the good on good matchup here is probably that Nebraska defense against Northwestern's run game. So, in addition to having Evan Hall, who rushed for more than a thousand yards last year. He only got that opportunity because the guy they thought there was a starter, Cam Porter, was out for the season, unfortunately. Porter should be back. He might be a little bit limited just by choice of them wanting to work him in slowly. But those are two pretty good running backs. And then they've got Peter Skoronsky, one of the best left tackles in the country. Um, that's that's Northwestern's offense. That's their bread and butter. That's what they want to do. And this Nebraska defense a year ago, while only giving up you know, almost 23 points a game, was kind of it would give up some gains in the run game without the big one. Northwestern's a team that's a little bit patient, you know, is patient enough. It kind of has to do that anyway. It has to go on those long drives, and you're not going to just wait it out against them. So watching that yards per carry for Northwestern early on, uh, if it gets to four and over, you know, that that's probably a sign that Nebraska is maybe not getting the best of it. Anything under that, and I think it, it'll be an early sign that Nebraska is in pretty good shape defensively. The other one is, is special teams. You know, both these teams were were really bad in that area a year ago. It, it's possible that both punters on both sides, Nebraska's punter. Northwestern's punter and their place kicker will all be transfers in this game, um, which is a, another sign of where this was a year ago for both teams. And, and we'll see who gets the better of that, because I think they, they did upgrade um, kind of across the board there. So is this a weird one special teams wise? Can it not be a factor? It's almost always a factor though in, in these, you know, season opening games. So who gets the better of that matchup I think could be pretty big too.
0: Feels like a good place to end it. I'll let you get on with your evening. It feels so weird to say evening because I still have a full day ahead of me, but thank you for for coming on the podcast. It was good to catch up and, and get a dispatch, another dispatch from Dublin.
1: Yeah, thanks, thanks a lot for having me. It was fun. I appreciate it.
0: Go have another beer. Mark Whipple gave you permission to just drink a bunch of beer while you're there, so... Take advantage of. He it. did.
1: I, I, I keep. Ha- he said, "Have one for me." So I keep doing that because no one's keeping track of you know when his end and mine start. Mine start, and I've got to do another radio spot so Yeah, tonight at ten thirty. So, <laughs> just enough time to, uh, to get a Guinness
0: in. At least the game is a late start on Saturday. Indeed. Well, we have football back. It's wonderful. Hopefully, we have good things to talk about next week on this podcast but we can start talking about games once again i'm so excited to have the season back it's felt like a long off season it was a crazy off season now we get to talk about actual football games i'm sure scott frost is happy about that i'm sure most other coaches are happy about that so we will be back next week with another podcast in the meantime keep reading hill make sure that you are subscribed so you can get all the content that your heart desires hillvarsity.com backslash subscribe use a promo code varsity all caps varsity Get online content, recruiting, premium pieces from Brandon Vogel, premium pieces from Aaron Sorensen, and the whole rest of the HillVarsity team. And you get the magazine. It's a great deal. HillVarsity.com backslash subscribe. Like I said before, listen to the IED preview podcast. It's back for a new season. Listen to Aaron's podcast with Sasha Durkin, the you Mind Your Own podcast. Shouts to Brandon and Aaron for coming on this episode this week. I know that they've been very busy Uh, over in Dublin kind of the the coverage has been awesome by the way so you guys have been have been killing it well done thanks shouts to you guys for listening every week shouts to cam for producing this episode every week and we will be back next week thanks guys a
1: hood media production